I didn't okay. go to any Patriots games, but yeah, well, Red that's Sox. Good. That's good because that, <laughs> then we would have hung up on you. But, oh. Yeah. Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. Hello and welcome to episode 49 of the Exploring Washington State podcast. Glad that you're here. This episode is a conversation I had recently with Shelby Campbell. Shelby is the owner of Heirloom Apparel and Design in Leavenworth, Washington. This conversation talks about her art, how she got started, uh, what she's doing with her art business these days. We talk about Leavenworth. We talk about North Central Washington. It's another one of those great conversations that I get to have with people who are doing interesting things in Washington State. But before I let you hear what Shelby has to say, I need you to subscribe. So, hey, whatever podcast player you're listening to, smash that subscribe button. Go ahead and give us a rating on iTunes. Share it with your friends. You know, do all those things. You can help us out. We appreciate that. Also, if you've got any suggestions for guests that we should have on the podcast, uh, you can reach me at podcast at explorewashingtonstate.com. Send me an email. Give me some suggestions. Looking forward to any feedback you might have that you can share with us via email. Well, let's get started. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Well, to get started, why don't you give our audience a, the, the basic overview of how did you get started in art and we'll work our way from there. Oh man. Okay. Um, I, let's see, I was really encouraged to start making art in high school by a high school art teacher. And I actually did running start, which helped my art career a ton because I was suddenly doing art at a college level when I was like 16, figure drawing and learning about illustration and all that good stuff. Um, I had a lot of really encouraging professors and teachers and I ran with it. I really loved it. I couldn't stop painting and drawing, even though I was so bad at it. (laughs) Um, but I actually, you know, really wanted to use art as a way to leave my hometown and start exploring the world. And, um, I was able to do that when I went to art school in Boston and that's really how I got started. I found illustration and fell in love (laughs) with illustrating. So well, let's, let's pause that for a second. Let's go back just yeah. a little bit. So okay. the hometown was Kashmir. Yes. My hometown so you went Kashmir. to Kashmir high school? I did. Yep. Okay. And running start was that at Wenatchee Valley community college? That's right. Yep. Okay. All right. So there we've got that. So, um, yeah. Wenatchee Valley community college is down the street from where I am sitting right now. So nice. Yeah. It's a great spot. I met a lot of really cool people there. So, okay. So then after, after high school and slash running start, yes. you went to, I went to the Art Institute of Boston at Lesley University, um, and so the Cambridge uh, the campus is actually in Cambridge and in Boston. So I was living in Little Italy at the time, which is uh, the north end of Boston. It was a pretty awesome experience that uh, really shaped me a lot, actually. <laughs> Why do you say that? What 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 about it was impactful? So basically the minute I graduated from high school, I went to Europe for a month, came back. I had about three weeks to pack my bags in my entire life and then move across country pretty much on my own. My boyfriend at the time, now husband, was also going to school there um, kind of by chance, actually. So moving across the country made me become very independent very quickly. Um, I had a job. I was in school full time and I... Yeah, I learned a lot about myself. <laughs> it was it was great. And 
uh, definitely being from Kashmir and then moving to a big city was a huge change too, but a good one. So I know nothing about the art world. And, and what I mean by that is I know nothing about the art world. <laughs> specifically, like, where's good school? So what? why did you pick... Why did you pick going to Boston? I could tease you and say because it's a long ways away from Yeah, it's the farthest possible, okay. yeah. <laughs> well, no, maybe you would have gone to Miami. Miami's yeah, a little further. Warmer I too. definitely looked at schools in other spots. Um, I actually got accepted to Cornish, which is in Seattle, and some other schools. And then it came right down to going to the Art Institute of Boston at Lesley University or Cornish. And after I'd had... So basically when you're applying to art schools, there's this thing called portfolio day and you can bring your portfolio, meet up with representatives at art schools. And I randomly (laughs) ended up at the table for the Art Institute of Boston. And it happened to be the head of the illustration department who was there looking over portfolios. And she was amazing and really encouraged me to apply And she actually was like, can I see your sketchbook? Which for me is, that's a very private, (laughs) it's kind of like someone saying, can I look in your diary? Um, And, but I was like, Hey, why not? So I showed her and she was like, please apply. I think this is a great program for you. And Cornish unfortunately didn't have an illustration department. And I was really stuck on, on that. Um, And so that made the decision for me pretty easy when I was like, accepted into the illustration department and why not? When else am I going to move to Boston on a whim? So, so because these are important questions, did you become a Patriots fan, Red Sox fan? (laughs) Because the wrong answer in this interview is over. Yeah, exactly. No, because I'm a baseball nut and I've not been to Fenway. Did you get a chance? Did you go to Fenway? I did. Yeah. You'll love this. Actually, one of most of my classes were in this building that looks over Fenway Park. So if you were on the top level, you were looking into the stadium, which was so cool. Um, So I was at Fenway a lot and I went to, I think, two games and one of them happened to be a Mariners and Red Sox game, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, it's so awesome. I loved Fenway. I didn't okay. go to any Patriots games, but yeah, well, Red that's Sox. Good. That's, that, that's good because then we would have hung up on you. But um, yeah, <laughs> but no, Fenway is this icon, and it's just, it's just, you know, it is a cool baseball. It's, yeah, it's very cool. So yeah, for sure. So how long? Um, I'm confused. Well, I'm not confused. I just don't know. You you did running start. So how long mm-hmm. were you in Boston? I was there for three years. Three or years. Okay. Like two and a half. Yeah, I had just a few extra credits I had to kind of, um, get to graduate. So, uh, yeah, it was two and a half to, but yeah, so it was pretty great. (laughs) So what did you do after graduation? Did you come right back here? Did you? I did. Yeah. By that time I was pretty homesick. Um, (laughs) I wanted to get out of Washington so bad. And then all I wanted to do was come back. But we, my husband and I actually took a road trip, cross country road trip back, which was amazing. We got to hit a bunch of national parks, the Badlands and Niagara Falls. And so we packed up our Penske van, loaded up all of our stuff with our friends and then took about a week and a half to kind of leisurely get back home and enjoy that. So awesome. Yeah. So when you got back here to Washington, did you go into business for yourself right away or did you work for somebody or so? How did, how did heirloom get started? So 
Yeah. So heirloom wasn't started until 2017, actually. So I had quite a stretch of not working for myself. Um, I worked at Victoria's Secret actually when I was in Boston. And so that was a, a good kind of stepping off or jumping off point um, to be able to get a job when I got back. But I actually worked for my dad for a little while. Um, and that was that was a good way for me to figure out. I didn't want to go into the family business, but I learned a ton. So that was, that was really important. Um, and then I actually started, um, working at this boutique in Leavenworth, which was a huge part of my life. I worked there for, let's see, a little over five, five or six years. Um, and I made some really great friendships from that experience. I learned a ton and, um, yeah, it was a really great way for me to express myself too. Cause I learned a lot about display and marketing and retail and wholesale. And it was actually one of my favorite jobs. So that was a good transition point for me to work for myself. So, okay. Just yeah. out of curiosity, what is, what was, is the family business? Oh, <laughs> my dad owns an equipment finance company. Okay. Um, and so I was actually a credit assistant. So you have to pull people's credit and put Didn't together like credit numbers all day long. Yeah, okay. exactly. Not my ideal job. So <laughs> go to art school to look at numbers all day exactly, long. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah doesn't, doesn't quite match. Does it? It didn't, but I put in my time. I think that's important. <laughs> yeah. no, well, it, it does give you a different perspective. Yeah. Um, and I was, and you know, good. I was showing at local galleries and okay. painting a lot after work and still trying to kind of figure out what my style was and, you know, art school can be kind of a confusing time because so many styles and uh, new mediums are thrown at you. And so you're just trying to figure out who you are. And so once I was kind of out of that, I realized I can do anything, which is really good, (laughs) but it takes a long time to sort of uh, carve away at what you really are and not what everybody else is or what you were taught. So, okay. So I, I love asking this question of people. So we'll, just, we'll give it to you in relationship to art school though, because okay. you had to do this for classes. It wasn't like by choice, but what was a medium that you had to work in that you thought would be cool, but it was, it just not for you. Once you got like started and you're like, Oh no, this isn't good. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is kind of random, but book binding. I took a, I took a book binding three dimensional illustration course, which you know, it, it's kind of funny because it, it has nothing to do with what I make now, but I was so excited about it. I just thought it was just so unique. I wanted to learn how to do it so bad. And I was horrible at it, <laughs> um, but it was, it was a good learning experience for me, but yeah, bookbinding is hard and there's not a big market for it. To be honest. Well, too, I, so. I didn't, the last time I got my Kindle book, I didn't notice that it was bound. Yeah. 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 Another, surprisingly, another medium that I tried when I was in college was gouache. And I was so excited to try it because I knew a lot of traditional illustrators use gouache. And I was by far the worst in my class. I don't think I could have been worse <laughs> at painting and gouache. And now it's what I use 98% of the time. Um, so it was kind of a challenge for me because I was that bad uh, to, <laughs> to keep chipping away at it. Um, and surprisingly, I thought, you know, I guess I'll just keep going. But um, I didn't give up. So <laughs> well, what, was the, what was the turning point there from you being you know, 
sorry, bad. Oh, to, well, no, I was. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> to now, now you're using it as, as, yeah. as one of your major uh, mediums. What was the turning point for you that you just decided to not throw in the towel, so to speak? This is kind of a funny story, but it's a big part of why I'm an artist. I had a college professor that actually said, this is horrible. I don't know how you got into art school. (laughs) And I was a mess, like straight up mess. I couldn't be consoled. Um, looking back on it, it was, it was bad. (laughs) So I don't blame him for saying that I should have tried harder. I should have practiced more, but the funny part about it is that has still stuck with me where, you know, it's like almost 10 years later, but that motivated me to become better because I was so angry at him <laughs> and I was so hurt and upset uh, over this criticism. Cause that's really what it was. It was just, you know, criticism. That's what artists have to deal with is criticism. Um, so it motivated me to get better and to focus on this thing that he had said I was horrible at and kind of prove him wrong. And it benefited me in the long run. So a little tough life. didn't go... Look at my sketchbook. Yeah. They told me they wanted me to apply because of my sketchbook. They said I'm my here because you good. wanted me. Yeah. <laughs> you asked me to be here. <laughs> yeah. Um, our school is definitely, uh, yeah, you get a little awakening. <laughs> that's for sure. I always find it really fascinating to hear people's struggles, not because I'm mean, but because I think a lot of times through that adversity comes. Mm-hmm something out of it that's amazing for most of us you could have folded your tent up and not ever touched the medium again right you instead channeled your frustration we'll call it that um <laughs> yeah and, and kept working on it and honestly you probably are really grateful for that feedback historically now you're looking yes. at it going, i'm glad i got that but yes, in the moment exactly. it sucked. in hindsight i'm really grateful for it 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 really did shape me as much as like I it's horrible to say that because I don't want people to start being really rough on young artists and you know oh that's that's the worst piece of gouache painting I've ever seen in my life um it could he could have gone about it in a better way but it really encouraged me as probably just my personality just and you're right that you know overcoming that was a big part of so for our audience that may not know that technique that you're talking about can yeah. you elaborate. Yeah. So gouache is actually an opaque watercolor paint. Um, it's a lot like acrylic. It's kind of in between acrylic and watercolor. Uh, but it, you, so with acrylic, basically you can't reawaken the paint. You can't add water to it and, and you can't use the same color over and over again. Acrylic dries really fast. Gouache is thick. You, all you have to do is kind of spray it with a spray bottle and the paint, um, becomes alive again. (laughs) So it's really easy to travel with. It's very saturated. It's really vibrant. That's why a lot of my paintings are really vibrant. And a lot of illustrators use it because it is so saturated. It works really well for nature illustrations and children's book illustrations. But so if if all you have to do is spray water on it, yes. Does that mean somebody could come up to one of your pieces, spray water on it, and start <laughs> messing with it, or do you seal it? I do seal it okay. in the end. Right. Yeah, and um, okay. yeah, so. 
but yes, essentially you could. That's why. Because I could see somebody coming up going, yeah, that'd be so bad. Yeah, literally, it was just all. Maybe that's a good experiment, though. I'll just make a bunch of pieces, a series, and spray them down with water. There you go. We're here to help, give you some new creative. You know, experimental phase. Right, right. All right, so we got through the family business. You worked yeah. at a boutique in, in Leavenworth. Yes. What was the what was the motivation to strike out on your own? What what there must have been some kernel there that you said, "Okay, I'm going to do this." Yeah, I think uh being at that boutique for a long time, I started seeing people doing these things that I really wanted to do. Um making stickers and stationery and t-shirts and at some point I just started asking myself, well, why aren't, why aren't you doing that? You went to art school, you, you know, love small businesses and, and being, um, and learning more about business and marketing. Um, so just one random day in July, <laughs> I decided to quit my job. I had zero plan, which I don't advise. Uh, but it, it ended up being great. It took me a lot longer to get started because I didn't have a plan. I kind of had to just dive in and, um, but I, I figured it all out (laughs) slowly, but surely. What were your first uh, products then? Since you didn't have a plan, what'd you bring to market the first time? Uh, stickers. Yeah. So I had a handful of stickers and I had actually printed some stickers before I left the boutique I was working at. And was like blown away by the reaction. And at the time I was posting a lot of paintings on my personal Instagram painting while hiking and outdoors. And that was getting a lot of great feedback and I just felt really encouraged. And so I started turning those paintings into stickers and continued to get really great feedback. And so I was, you know, I was set. I I knew, okay, this is, this could be something. And so yeah, it's been a lot of stickers since then. That's the majority of what heirloom is. So, <laughs> where do you get your inspiration from then for your for the various lines you get? Because you've got well, we'll go over some of that stuff. But yeah. overall, where do you get um, your inspiration from? Traveling and being outside; those are my biggest sources of inspiration. Uh, taking photos hiking. Um, I was traveling quite a bit before COVID. So that was a huge source of inspiration for me. Mm-hmm. Um, hiking always does it for me. You know, I get outside and I've been in a funk and I haven't painted anything for five days and I'm frustrated and then I'll, you know, get on a trail and it'll be 15 minutes in and I have all these ideas and I'm taking photos of wildflowers and pulling out my sketchbook and trying to remember how the landscape looks so I can, you know, get it down as soon as I get home. And all that stuff is, it's amazing how a little fresh air can really uh, inspire me. So, so do you have a go-to hike? You know, is there something, you know, yeah. Do you have a go-to hike? Let's, let's start with that. Um, Well, let's see. If I just need a, like a quick hike around yeah. the area, it would be Saddle Rock. But my go-to hike where I'm like, I'm going to come out of this with a bunch of inspiration would be Sours Mountain. So, okay. yeah, it, that's one of my favorite spots to hike. What about Saddle Rock? Um, why is that your go-to? 
Saddle Rock is one of those, like, you're going to sweat it out. You're going to get to the top. It's, you know, you, you get to the top of Saddle Rock and you're like looking over the city and it's, um, it's just, it's good exercise. It's maybe not the best views in the Valley, but, uh, in the springtime, it is amazing with all the wildflowers and, you know, it's very kind of deserty, um, mm-hmm. which is, yeah. which is, not, there's a lot of people, which I don't prefer that part of it, but yeah, with, you know, with sour, it's a little quieter, um, and just unbelievably beautiful. So, so if you're going to disrespect Saddle Rock and I'm teasing, so <laughs> yes, exactly. it, I kind of did after just, saying it's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. You just disrespected it by saying it's not the best views in the Valley. <laughs> Put you on the spot. What do you think? Where's the best views in the, the Wenatchee Valley? Oh, are we counting Leavenworth in here? You can count. Well, no, not for this. You can't. Oh, not, sorry. Oh, no. Oh man. Are you going to uh, back up now and not disrespect Saddle Rock? <laughs> Uh, well, Saddle Rock has an amazing view. Yeah, I definitely can't argue with that. Um, let's see. If you're driving just up above East Wenatchee, and I know this isn't a hike, but that's one of my favorite drives. Like, if you're driving up above, like, Fancher Heights in that area, mm-hmm. when the sun is setting and the wheat is out there, and, oh, my gosh, that's a pretty unparalleled view up there. Yeah, we're lucky in this area. We've got there's lots of great views. Yes, all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And Saddle Rock is. I love Saddle Rock. It is pretty incredible when you get to the top and you're like, oh, I forgot how awesome it is up here. Right. (laughs) And it's just right in town. So. Yeah. No, and that's that's one of the things. It's a lot of people have talked about it on this on other episodes of Saddle Rock. You know, people not from our area that come over here and oh yeah. In fact, one of our early episodes we had. uh, Nick Zentner. Have you ever heard of this guy? I don't think he's I have. A, he, he's a geology uh, professor at Central and he has oh, this cool. show okay. called Nick on the Rocks. Oh, nice. <laughs> and we recorded an episode. I think we recorded it on a Saturday and the night before he was here in Wenatchee live streaming his hike on Saddle Rock. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I tuned in because I didn't know much about this guy. And so yeah. one, one of the team said, hey, you got to get Nick on. And, and he agreed very easily to say, yes, I'll be on. And so I was doing some research. So I found that he was doing this live stream. He had a thousand people watching him climb Saddle Rock. Oh my gosh. That's and, awesome. And I'm like, I'm thinking like, okay, if I did this, they'd have to get an ambulance and bring you yeah. down. Yeah. There's and, no way I'm know, talking I, while I'm hiking. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, exactly. I'm like, no way. And um, anyway, you know, and he's up there, he's got his phone out and he's live streaming it. And there's a thousand people watching him and they're all commenting on how beautiful the views are. And so oh it's, my gosh. Yeah, it was it was wild. So anyway, I feel like maybe I could do that at Sage Hills, a little bit more rolling, you know, <laughs> not yeah, just Hills, straight up. <laughs> yeah, Sage Hills is a good one too. Yep. It is, yeah. All right, so we've we've you've been in a funk. You go for a hike. You've got some inspiration. You come back. Yeah. Currently, what type of what are you working on, medium wise? What what's currently what are you doing these days? So a lot of digital illustration, which I never used to do. This is uh, kind of new for me in the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, a lot on my iPad with my Apple Pencil, but also still a lot of gouache and watercolor. So, okay, yeah. What is it about the iPad and the pencil? Why, from a creative standpoint, not, once again, I'm not artistic. 
Um, right. <laughs> so I don't mean, I'm not trying to say it in a judgmental way, but why, what is it about the, 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 the iPad and the, and the, in the pencil that is working well for you right now? What is it? Has Apple kind of dialed that in so that it's a great platform for sketching? Yes. It, yeah, they have. I mean, there's no lag in the pencil at all. It's literally like you're drawing on a sketchbook. And that was really the thing that held me back before when I was using a Wacom tablet. There was always kind of this disconnect. You know, your hand is one place and you're having to look up at your screen. And I just didn't feel connected to it at all. And really with using my iPad and the Apple Pencil, it's like you're just drawing on paper or you're painting and... And so for me, it has just become a natural part of like my workflow, especially when I'm working on, you know, kind of freelance illustrations or custom pieces for businesses. I can send out this sketch. They can approve it. Instead of repainting the whole thing, I go in and edit it, you know, change colors, give them a bunch of options. It's just much better for my business now. So really what you're saying is you're cheating. <laughs> a tiny bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm definitely not starting over every time. <laughs> but yeah, it is, <laughs> it is a lot easier. So it is, it is really nice. But it is definitely one of those things where you already have to kind of be, uh, you know, artistically focused or artistically minded to be able to put out what you are envisioning. It's not one of those things that's like, and I know there's a lot of people that use the iPad and they trace photos and which in my mind, um, people might hate me for saying this, but that's quote unquote cheating. Uh, just because when I was in art school, you know, we, you're not tracing, you're not, you need to, you need to put in the work. Um, so I've definitely put in the work on my iPad and, um, same with gouache. Like, you know, I was horrible in the beginning. I was horrible on the iPad too, but I've worked at it every day. So, so we got started, you didn't have a plan. You started doing stickers Mm -hmm. and how long did it take before you started getting some traction? Did it happen instantly for you or did, let's see, how, how did the growth start? Yeah, uh, probably in the first few months, it definitely didn't happen instantly. Um, I I had to figure out how to build a website. I had to figure out who even cared about stickers. <laughs> I had to figure out the whole wholesale game. Um, and I did that kind of on my own. I know that we're kind of in a culture right now where people are constantly like, Oh, how'd you do it? What'd you do? Uh, sending DMS and emails. And I love helping with that, but I was really apprehensive about asking cause I'm kind of shy. So I did really, uh, do that all on my own, but it took a while to get traction and work out the kinks. I remember my very first sale on my website didn't even go through cause I didn't have it set up. Right. Um, Uh-oh. but I, you know, I figured that stuff out along the way and people have been super patient with me. Um, and I did, like I said, I had this, uh, you know, a little bit of support on my personal Instagram page for what I was painting. And so people kind of followed me over to heirloom and then I started doing pop-up shops, which was really great because I started meeting people in person and getting great feedback from people, um, and just figuring out what was selling. And it's a good, good thing. Where were you doing the pop-up? I mean, 
the nature of them is that you move around, but wh- yeah. where, where, where are we doing the pop-ups at? Uh, mostly at Pibus. Um, okay. You know, I've done them quite a few other places, but Pibus is Pibus public market has always been really good for me. Mm-hmm. It's a cool spot. Anything in, anything in Cashmere or Love North? Um, so I've done a couple at Bushel and B tap room. Um, let's see. I have done a pop-up in Ellensburg at gallery one. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, let's see, we did this summer market up in Leavenworth for a few days with a friend of mine who put it together and it was great. There were so many people and vendors and food vendors and makers. And, uh, that was really fun. So that was at Smallwood. Uh, yeah, but Pibus has been kind of a mainstay until COVID at least, but until COVID, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, I mean, we, I guess we have to address COVID all the time in these episodes right now, but right. Oh. <laughs> so what, what have you experienced because of COVID? How has your business been any, what sort of impact has it had? Cause I'm sure it's impacted you some way, whether it's good or bad, we don't know yet, but. Yeah, I think, I mean, at first it was really difficult because I was, you know, uh, I had markets planned. I was supposed to do a market with Urban Craft Uprising that got canceled. Um, I had all these pop-ups scheduled throughout the year that all got canceled. And so I had to really focus completely 100% online. And probably the biggest thing for me was that boutiques closed down. So my wholesale business just came to complete stop. Mm -hmm. Um, but then thankfully it has picked back up. Things are better than ever, honestly. So that's been really good. good. And people are online shopping because that's, they still want to shop. They just, you know, don't get out as much. And so that's been a blessing for me is already having everything online. And I've always been working from home for the last three and a half years now. So that wasn't a transition at all for me. So. Yeah, it's been, it's been interesting talking to a lot of folks and how they've, how we've all, you know, found our path or not um, over the last year and a half. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely thankful that I got that online thing figured out, you know, before it (laughs) before everyone else had to figure it out at the same time. But yeah. So you started with stickers then. (laughs) So I'm on your site right now. So you've got a a much more than stickers on your site right now. So how, how did you go from just stickers to all these other things? Yeah. So I actually took a bunch of classes to teach myself how to screen print. And then I bought a bunch of screen printing equipment and I was really excited to start, you know, getting my art onto clothing. And so I took those classes, invested a bunch of money into the screen printing equipment and found a studio down at the Wenatchee world building. So I was there for about like a little over a year, I think, um, screen printing my own t-shirts and really just figuring that whole thing out, which is a, it's a big process. And <laughs> there's a lot of parts to screen printing. Um, but it taught me a lot, especially about, uh, transferring art into something that people can wear. So that was okay. a pretty invaluable piece of my process. So let's, let me stop you and just yeah. let's, let's, I'd like to, I'd like to have you expand on that. What, what did you find? Cause I'm, once again, I repeat, I know nothing. 
Um, so why can't you just take a, a picture of a, of a sailboat and slap it on a t-shirt? What, what's, what's that disconnect? What, and what did you have to learn? Yeah. So with screen printing, you're really limited in colors. So, you know, typically the most you can do is print six colors at a time. Um, okay. more, more people print like two or four, uh, and it gets more difficult the more colors you add. So, you know, a lot of my art at the time was all hand-painted. So there's no way you can transfer a painting you made in gouache that's like 52 colors into okay. into a one-color T-shirt. So I had to refocus and start just doing one-color drawings to start. And there's a lot of like alignment issues that you run up against with screen printing. Cause you have in order for the colors to layer perfectly, you have to align them perfectly. Um, but then I also found, uh, I've been, I do, uh, digital transfers as well. And so those can be full color. Um, there's a lot of different processes, uh, but screen printing definitely limits you. That's for sure. Okay. Yeah. So you were at the Wenatchee world. It yes. sounds like you were. Yes. But- Okay. So what about, are you doing screen printing now? No, I still have my equipment. So maybe someday in the future when I get my own warehouse or something. Uh, but right now I, all my shirts are, are printed here locally in Leavenworth. Okay. And, um, previously being printed up in Twisp. Um, and so I'm not doing my own printing just because the quantities increase so much and so much of my time needs to be devoted to designing and making art. And once I was able to kind of admit that to myself, <laughs> it helps uh-huh. my process a lot. And I was able to say, this is not my strength. My strength yeah. is creating. Um, and so I need to pass that part off. And so once I wasn't doing a hundred percent of of the process, then I was, I mean, I was inspired way more. I was able to make way more art. So that was pretty great. Okay. Before, before we hit record, we were kind of talking about some things. So let's talk about, you've got some stuff coming out. We'll call it spring. Yes. Spring collection. Would that be a fair, fair way to call it? Yes, definitely. Spring collection. What, what can you, what will you share about what's upcoming for you? Yeah. So the first piece of that basically was this morning, actually, I released uh, six national park stickers and four new state stickers, which I already have a few state stickers in my collection. Um, but I'm really excited about this national park series. I want to make it through all of them, which is a a big goal, but I'm excited to keep going with it. So that was this morning. Um, but I'll be releasing new t-shirts, new art prints and new stationery, which will be available retail and wholesale. So a lot of the businesses I work with, um, in the Pacific Northwest, Canada and the U S they will have those available in their stores too. So that'll be great. I, I'm actually looking at your uh, national park stickers right now. Yeah. Uh, nicely done. Nicely <laughs> Thank done. You. I like the shape. Thank you very yeah, much. That's, that's a, that's a cool, um, a cool, cool shape. I don't care about the other States. <laughs> yeah. We don't need Montana, just Washington. <laughs> yeah, we, don't care about, we don't care about those. Um, but so you're going to do, are you ultimately going to do all 50 States? Yes. That's the goal. Yeah. Okay. 
and it's been it's been definitely easier for me to do them kind of in batches. Uh, it's okay. it's been fun to you know they're a little bit different than the national park series, as in like you know stylistically is that even a word? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're, 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 yeah, we'll call it a word. word. <laughs> we're, we're calling it a word. <laughs> um, yeah, the style is definitely different. It's been a good focus, and it's always good for me to kind of restrict myself in a way instead of. Um, you could just paint anything, kind of putting them in the in the letter forms and in the specific national park shapes has been kind of a fun exercise for me. And so why did so what was the inspiration for the shape of the national park stickers? Yeah, so I wanted something um that looked kind of more traditional um national park, you know, like when you go into the into the national park, there's that welcome to Yellowstone sign. I wanted kind of a shape that was, you know, vintage or traditional national park had that feel. Um, and I, but I didn't want it to be something I had done before and I've done a bunch of other kind of shapes. And so I went with that same kind of gold that connects the collection. Um, and obviously the same font and then, just kind of played around with how that national park fits into that shape. <laughs> right now, th- these are great. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah, those are those are very cool. Yeah, we've got Glacier and Rocky Mountain um, and Acadia coming up. I have them on the list. <laughs> okay. So, right. so when, how when do you think you'll be? When do you think you'll have them all? All the national park stuff. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, I would hope for next year because there's a lot. There's a, a lot of national parks, but you never know. I mean, those those first six, I actually finished in a couple of weeks. But then the process from taking it um, into printing and marketing it and getting it out to my wholesale uh, stockist, that's it. That takes a lot. So, you know, it's always a little longer than I think it will be. <laughs> so right. hopefully I, 2022. <laughs> well, yeah, because I was, I, I didn't know the answer to how many national parks there are. And so I'm looking and yeah. even, even Google doesn't give you the same. Yeah. There's some, well, there's new ones that were just added. You know, I don't right. even think so I, I know the number. <laughs> I went to, yeah. See, I went to, so I ended up on nationalparks.org. <laughs> okay. And they, Nationalparks.org says, um, well, the there was a new one added on December 10th, 2020. Right. So there are now 62 national parks. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I mean, I feel, I feel pretty safe saying 2022, I think. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Yeah. Doesn't it? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, besides stickers, what else is coming out in spring? Yeah. So new stationery working on, uh, expanding my card line and art prints, which are always a big hit, um, just because they're so versatile. And then, um, hopefully a bunch of new t-shirts. I have lots of stuff in mind. So, um, maybe a couple hoodies looking at, uh, so I'm just in the middle of that kind of printing, getting art to print phase right now. Gotcha. So, yeah. All right. So when you're not creating art, what do you like to do for fun and entertainment in Washington? Okay. Uh, well, 
my husband and I like to go camping a lot, especially in the summer. We actually restored a 57 Shasta trailer. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So we'll take that around Washington, especially like, you know, up in Winthrop in the Zama area and go out with our friends, um, you know, biking and hiking. And I, I actually live up in the Leavenworth area. So there's already a lot to do up here. Um, you know, hitting up a brewery and having some kombucha and hanging out with my friends is yeah. Usually what I'm up to. So where's a, where's a campings? No, I'm not going to ask you to give away like the the secret camping site, but where's a camping site that's maybe underappreciated. Oh man. Like a specific site or just an area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I'll go, we can go for an area. What's, What's an area that you that you think is very cool, but maybe underappreciated? Definitely up the Inyat Valley, like past Ardenbor. Um, I know that not a lot of people camp there, and it is insanely beautiful. There's you know three different campsites kind of all in a row, and anytime we camp up there, it's amazing. There's no cell service. You're you know hanging out by the river, and it's so beautiful there's some really good hikes and drives in that area um okay. so definitely there all right uh, i ask everybody the same question are yeah. you a coffee drinker coffee too much coffee <laughs> okay well, no no first off <laughs> never enough <laughs> there's never enough coffee there's never too much coffee yes in the leavenworth area coffee where do you go I always go to J five. Um, but it is a, it is a toss up between, you know, J five and Argonaut are my, are my favorites. They have such good coffee. Um, so, but I, you know, I usually end up at J (laughs) five. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool spot. I mean, yeah. Um, their maple bourbon, bourbon latte. Have you ever had it? I, First off, I'm I'm almost always a black coffee drinker. Oh, okay. So I just drink. I really just normally just drink nice. black coffee. Okay. And then I tend to make funny faces when the word maple <laughs> is said. Yeah. And you said bourbon, so it's like mm, it's well, wait, the funny face kinda, for bourbon's good too. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's like mm, I might try that. Um, but no, my go to is my my go to is you know an americano or a, or black coffee. Yeah, for sure. But maple bourbon latte. I got to say that's something I'm going to add to the must try list. It's very good. Yeah. It's like maple syrup that's been aged in bourbon barrels or something, but it's not too sweet. It's, it's really good. Yeah. People love maple and I just, um, it's just, it's okay. You know, I'm, 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 I'm very anti pumpkin. So if you were to say pumpkin spikes, I would have just like dumped the call and we're done. And I'm not a big pumpkin spice fan either. So I don't blame you. (laughs) Yeah. But, but anyway, no, J five's great. Um, How about, how about if you were going to go out to lunch? I always like to say lunch because that's easy. Or where would you go? Where's a great place to go for lunch in the area that you think people should hear about? Oh, um, I would say it would be a toss up between in the Lemworth area. It would be Tom water bakery or blue it brewing. Okay. Yeah. And wh- why? Um, because both of their, their pizzas are amazing. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Blue it has such good pizza. So does Tom water and they have really good like avocado toast and just really good pastries and coffee too. So those are okay. my go-tos. Good. What about if you're going into Wenatchee? Oh, um, my go-to 
Yeah, you got to go two and one at you. Pibus Bistro. Okay. My yeah. favorite. Yeah, so good. Okay. We go there for okay. brunch all the time. Yeah, well, you did did when I did. used to live. Yeah, <laughs> when I lived in yeah. Wenatchee pre-COVID. Yeah, <laughs> pre-COVID. Right, right. But they're open as of now. They're, they're. I believe so, and I know yeah. that they're doing like family, you know, family meals, like takeout yeah. dinners, take which out. are so good. Yeah. We've done a couple of different times. Really good. Okay. Yeah. Then what other? I mean, Leavenworth is so, so well documented. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's famous in October. It's famous <laughs> For some for Christmas, reason, you know, yeah. I mean. But what else is in that area that if I were just driving over, say I lived in Seattle and I was mm-hmm. coming over to Leavenworth for, you know, one of those major events, yeah, I wouldn't probably stumble across naturally. What else is in the Leavenworth area that's like worth checking out? Oh, man. Yeah, this is hard because it is so well documented. Um, but I would say, honestly, one of my favorite things to do up here is just go for a drive on the weekend. And if you head out past sleeping lady, um, you know, up the icicle, it's just incredible, especially in the spring and early summer. Um, you know, going for a drive, getting out of town. I think a lot of people stay on front street and they don't get off of front street, which is so unfortunate because there's so many amazing things to do in Leavenworth. Like if you're coming over from Seattle, hit up bicycle Ridge trail, head out to sleeping lady. Um, yeah, just kind of get out of town because we live in one of the most beautiful spots in the state. So yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to recommend McDonald's or something. <laughs> nope. Just, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. So what else? So you've got retail. Um, yes. You've got wholesale. Yes. Wholesale is probably too, too deep of a conversation to have. Like <laughs> where can they find you? But in the retail channels, if somebody wanted to take a look at what you're doing, where can they find you? And, uh, yeah, share that. Yeah, so my website is heirloomapparel.co. That's co like company. And you can find me on Instagram at at heirloom.apparel. Um, and okay. so those are, those are good places to start uh, shopping with me. And then I actually have a, you know, a list of some of my stockists um, who carry things. And those are organized okay. by, by state on my website. So you can check okay. that out if you're interested in, in finding something that's local to you and supporting those boutiques in your area. Um, there's some really great spots that are carrying heirloom. So... Yeah. And I, I don't even know if it's fully updated. I've added a few shops just in the last week. So that's growing all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get to that right now. Yeah. It is quite the list. Yes. Yeah. We're now um, in BC, Alberta, um, Wyoming, Arizona, Oregon, <laughs> Idaho, Wyoming's Washington. Not, Wyoming is not on your Oh, list. that's a newer one. <laughs> yeah, Wyoming. Even in You've New Hampshire Washington. now. <laughs> nope, nothing on New Hampshire either. I got. I better I update got, that list. <laughs> you, you all, all you've got at the time of this recording is just Washington, Oregon, California, and Canada. Nice. Okay, we're gonna need yeah, to update that list. You've got some work to do. I do. I didn't know there'd be homework after this yeah. episode. Sorry. Homework on a Saturday. Yeah. Homework. Yeah. On a Saturday. yeah. <laughs> well, we'll put links. We'll put links to your website and your Instagram. Do you use Great. any other social channels? Um, Are you on anything else? Facebook and Pinterest. You know, I okay. I don't post to Pinterest as much as I like, but it's definitely a source of inspiration for me. So I spend time over there and Facebook, um, you, 
always on the fence about Facebook, but it is a, a good, <laughs> a good spot to, to post some art. Um, but Instagram is really where you'll find me. And I try to post new art pretty much every couple of days. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, I thank you very much for jumping on with us here today. I, I like what you're doing as far as art goes. And I think, um, well, I think there's more to that later. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Thank you but, so much yeah. for having me. This has been great. Yeah. See, it wasn't painful, was it? I mean, no, not too painful. No. <laughs> I love talking to people. So this is, uh, this is great. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for being here and we appreciate you uh, jumping on. Yeah, you're welcome. See you later. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.